Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Amos, Perak Gimel, Chapter 3. And our learning is dedicated to Chayalei Tzvahaganal Israel, to their success and safe return, to the swift return of all of the hostages, and to the healing of the wounded during this war in Gaza. Today, chapter 3, let's just remind ourselves, we are learning Sefer Amos, Amos, the shepherd from Tekoa, who is sent to the northern kingdom to warn them about the impending tragedy that is going to happen as a result of the lack of social justice in the north. That's what we've sort of seen so far. And today we introduce Perak Gimel with the topic of the chosen people. As the Perak begins, Rak etchem yadati mikol mishpachot adama alkein efkod alechem et kol avonotichem. Only you I have known, yadati, only with you I have been intimate out of all of the families of the world, and that is why I will bring you to account for all of your sins. It seems like the people during this time were strongly, strongly relying on the fact that they were the chosen people. And they say, yet Hashem has known us out of all the families of the earth, and therefore, we have special privileges. But he says, you know what? Because I have a relationship with you, I hold you to a higher standard. Because I know you, Yadati means to know, but it also means to be intimate. I have greater expectations of you. Now this theme of the chosen people comes up in several places in the Sefer. And in fact, it uh, comes up also in Perak Tet, in chapter 9, which we read as a Haftorah, I think, for Parashat Kedoshim, where he says, He says, Do you think you're any more special than the people of Ethiopia? I brought out Israel from Egypt. I brought the Philistines out from Crete and the Arameans from Kir. In other words, I have emancipated many, many nations. But he continues there in chapter 9 and says, My eyes are watching your evil kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth. In other words, does the theology of the chosen people mean that we are chosen for some sense of privilege? The answer is certainly not, not according to Sefer Amos. Um, First of all, I always wonder about that name, the chosen people. I always think we've just read Parsha Titro, that we are the choosing people. We are the ones who said, Nas Evanishma, did God choose us or did we choose him? But having said all of that, if we have a special relationship with God, it casts upon us not privileges, but responsibilities. It doesn't give us some um, free ticket to anywhere. In fact, it imposes upon us more obligations, more responsibility. It imposes us on, upon us a higher standard of morality.
And if this is true, as the, the, the Pasuk says, I have only been intimate with you of all the other nations in the world. Therefore, I will hold you to account for all of your sins. That word, pakad, comes up at the end of the chapter in verse 14. On the day of accounts, on that day when I am going to punish you for all of your transgressions, I will wreak judgment on the altar and the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall into the ground. And then he continues in the sphere, not only of religious infractions, but he talks about their wealthy lifestyle in verse 15. I will destroy your winter homes along with your summer homes. And all of your ivory palaces shall be destroyed. And your great houses shall be destroyed. So declares the Lord. So this chapter talks about the notion of F God. I will hold you to account. I will punish you. And indeed, that verse comes, that phrase comes back in verse 14. But let's return to the main segment of the chapter. What you will see immediately after this opening statement is a series of seven statements followed by an eighth. We might remember this theme of Shloshav al-Arba and uh, seven paragraphs followed by an eighth. And here we're going to see Amos's superb oratory skills, his rhetoric, where he gives a series of statements, each of them in the phrase in in the form of a question he wants to draw in his audience and there is nothing better than to ask questions which intrigue and enchant your audience and he's going to ask seven questions one after the other can two people walk together if they haven't met will the lion roar in the forest if he has no prey will the young lion raise his voice from his roar from his lair if he hasn't captured will a bird drop on the ground in a trap if there is no snare and then will the trap spring up from the ground unless it has caught something if the siren the shofar blows in the city won't the people tremble in Tierra Abair of Hashem Asa? If there is trouble, devastation in the city, that must mean that God has done it. Because God will not do any great thing unless he has revealed that secret to his servants, to the prophets. Ariyeshaag, Miloira, the lion has roared. Who will not fear Hashem Elohim Diber, Miloyinaveh? God has spoken, who will not prophesize? So what are we going to make of this interesting list? It begins with something innocuous. Can two people meet? Can two people walk together if they haven't met? Maybe it's a riddle to sort of draw in the listener. But then very swiftly we continue with the notion of a lion roaring over her prey. And recall that our Sefer began, Hashem mitzion yishag, God will roar from Zion, um Yerushalayim yitain kolo, and will sound forth his voice from Jerusalem. We then move on to another theme, a bird caught in a trap. Then the shofar sounding danger, 
right? A siren in a city. The sense of, in this series of questions, the sense of the predator and prey is highly pronounced. The sense of impending danger is at the heart of this list. And there is also a certain sort of causality and inevitability. If you hear the roar of the lion, you know it has caught something. If you hear a, um, a, a trap snap shut, you know it caught the bird. So what's he trying to say in this list? Well, it all reaches the last point where he says, God won't do anything unless he tells his prophets. Um, in other words, I am prophesying to you and you've got to know that there is danger on the way. You are in the trap. And when you hear me prophesy, I am like that chauffeur sounding in the city. I am warning you of the danger. And what is the danger? Let's continue to verse 9. And here the key word is the armanot, the palaces. In the middle, in, he starts by saying, uh, tell the palaces in Ashdod, in the land of the Philistines, tell the palaces in Egypt, and tell them to gather to the Hare Shomron, to the hills of Samaria, and witness the great outrages within her, and the oppression in her midst, the ashukim the notion of oppression, the they're incapable of doing what is right. And Um Hashem says, God, they are gathering lawlessness and stolen goods in their palaces. And therefore, God says there will be animal enemies who will surround the the land, therefore your palaces will be rampaged and ravaged and will be looted. What are we saying here? In the latter part of the parak, the, the, the key word is bayit. Beit Yaakov, Beit El, Beit Achoref, Beit Akayit, Batei Hashem, Batim Rabim. There's a sense of luxury, but the luxury is all chamas v'shod. It's all stolen. It's all fraudulent. That's what fills your palaces, your elegant palaces. And therefore, there are foreign palaces where your enemies are waiting to take advantage of you, but your palaces will be destroyed. In other words, very simply, uh, God is roaring, but you don't realize how close you are. You are in the trap. And any minute, your enemies will invade and will take away all of your wealth. And then your kingdom will fall. Quite sobering thoughts from the prophet Amos. We will continue with our learning, Ezra Hashem, tomorrow.